Welcome to the Authority Nation podcast. My guest today is Justin Sun. Justin is a doctor, holds an MBCHB, a tutor, a mentor, and founder of Foster Our Future, a social enterprise holistically supporting, advising, and equipping youth towards careers of personal fulfillment and positive social impact. Welcome to Authority Nation. I came from the mud. Let's start at the beginning. So you're Korean? Yeah. Were you born in Korea or New Zealand? Uh, I was born in Korea, so old in Korea. I uh, came here when I was two. Uh, lived uh, up in Rotorua for a couple years there and then moved down to Christchurch where I did all my high school. Been up in Auckland uh, since uni and after, so like nine something years now. Okay. Yeah. And, and what first got you interested in medicine? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, and it's a big one actually because the answer I would have given when I was trying to get into medical school is completely different to now uh, that I would say. So before, I think I was good at science. I wanted to help people out of principle. And uh, when you think of those two as a combination, really, it's just like medicine is the one that pops up, right? Sure. And then I think after that, there are other things that you were good about it. There's job security, um, high base salary, things like that, that all kind of fit together. And I thought, okay, I might as well do that. And I kind of really hyped myself into it. I got through into medical school and blah, blah, blah. And I graduated. And I started working as a doctor for a couple of years. And I learned more about what it's really like to be a medical professional and working in the healthcare system. In a and hospital or yeah, in a, hospital. a local? Okay, yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> then I kind of decided that what I had been doing with Foster Our Future was something that I actually thought aligned more with my personality and what I really wanted to get out of medicine, I suppose. Um, like it was allowing me to help people in a, in a way that I felt was more meaningful for me and aligned with my personality a little bit better. So um, after a year and a half of working, so that's looking back about six months ago now, like I just resigned from full-time clinical medical work and I've just been doing Foster Our Future um, full-time. It'd be fair to say that helping people was the common denominator. You thought, hey, I can help them medically, and now it's kind of like, hey, I want to help them on a deeper level. On like education, yeah. So yeah. I think for me, and anyone that knows me is going to know this, is that I'm very efficiency-focused. Like I really have like a bit of an obsession with efficiency. And so um, working in the healthcare system, which is by really no stretch of anyone's imagination efficient, um, was something that bothered me quite a bit so I feel like was it the delays delays and oh, that's, that's, procedures that's a, that's a big whole it's, that's another thing. podcast yeah the system is yeah that's yeah. a whole other series yeah to okay. get into but um, yeah I felt like Foster Our Future was a bit more a bit more efficient I could control a little bit more of it it was a way that I wanted it to be had a bit more kind of control over the situation and I was still helping people um, and I just realized it doesn't have to be medical I got the medical part of helping people doesn't need to be the way that I create my impact right right yeah and I, I guess I didn't really realize that until I had finished yeah medical school and sunk a hundred thousand dollars into it <laughs> so uh, let, let's just hit a little cha-ching sound is. effect wow is, 100k yeah. okay let's let's dive straight into uh, and we may backtrack and go around the place a bit but let's dive straight into uh, foster our future so, what is foster our future so originally <clears throat> it started off as trying to get people to take more control over their learning and study more efficiently. So second and third year, I did a lot of tutoring and I realized that the students that I get from lower decile areas or ones that just don't have that academic background, 
it almost doesn't really matter how much tutoring that they get. They, their background of how much academics that they've already absorbed or their just sheer ability to just deal with studying and all of that sort of stuff. That skill has just not been developed enough that in a short competitive amount of time of just one year, it's just not possible. So, well, it's very oh. difficult rather. So yeah. I thought, well, why, you know, like, I feel as though if I could reach these students in year 12 or year 13, where high school is a lot less pressure, it's generally easier, you've got more free time and flexibility to actually be looking at these things. Theoretically, it should be possible for me to teach these students how to learn like I learned how to learn after three, four years of uni, but starting from high school. Because there's no real difference in like what your brain is doing at the time, you know, when you're 17 uh -huh. versus 21, you know, like the only difference is that there's more alcohol in the brain later on than earlier. So. Um, I thought it might be possible and we created a mentoring program to try to do that and that's what we've been trying to refine for the last four years next year will be our fifth year and uh, so, so what, what you're talking about is the habits and the discipline of actually learning and studying yeah the yeah. skills the yeah. habits the mindsets yeah. the perspectives yeah. the sense of identity the community the priorities mm. all of that is takes time to develop and is is difficult and I thought it was going to be you know, I thought everyone else will think it's this difficult. I said, okay, I'm gonna double that, it's this difficult. Five years down the line, I realized it's like, it's yeah. enormously yeah. difficult and comparably so. And what we've actually decided to do now is, okay, we're gonna actually scale all of that back and stop trying to just change absolutely everything that can possibly be changed mm -hmm. with this huge, massively all-encompassing mentoring program that was too variable and difficult to control. And let's focus on what we do really, really well, which is supporting people through the medical pathway High school students wanting to get insight into medicine, students trying to get into medical school, students in medical school, students progressing through, you know, towards graduation, that whole medical pathway. Mm -hmm. Let's just support the people that are doing that and support them the way that I think I would have liked to have been supported when I was there or the way that I see my peers need the support, which that system doesn't exist. So that's kind of where we're focusing in on. You felt there was a lack of support when you were studying? When you were going through it, was there... I, I feel that I was kind of lucky in that I didn't need as much support when I needed the support. It was not really there, but my peers, friends, um, you know, like every whatever seven generations of students that I've had that I see going through all of this, um, they just don't, I just, I really honestly feel like there's a very weird kind of skew on what the medical community and culture around it is like. Not so much in the medical school, it's still a little bit like that. But especially before that, there's so much misinformation and there's so much mm. fear-mongering and exploitation and misinformation and just people have no idea what the hell is going on. And everyone gets so toxically competitive. It's, it's kind of ironic, you know, you get all the people that want to help people and you put them in like a single year together and then they don't help each other at all. Really? You know, they, they kind of get into this really toxic, over-competitive kind of vibe where it just pushes everything else away and um, it's just very unhealthy. I don't think it needs to be that way. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that I really feel is, is quite damaging because there's a lot of implications on, on mental health as a result of that as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So essentially foster our future, you're going to change that landscape, change the way it's... Yeah, yeah. narrow it and, yeah. and a bit towards, towards the medical pathway. And then when we can just really fix that, which I think we're good at, <clears throat> then we can move back towards um, looking at how do we help all students with what we've learned mm. from here and actually do it 
in a way that's better with a more mature organization. Let's talk uh, success stories. So you said seven generations. Yeah. So um, so students that have come through your system and are now qualified doctors. Yeah. So we've so this year our um, our second generation will then graduate to become okay, doctors. sure, yeah, yeah. Have you heard back from like any of them? Contacted you personally, say, hey, listen. Yeah, I'm, thank I'm friends you. with most of them, and they, they come in, and usually what happens is our students will end up the the years after wanting to get involved in some way, volunteering as a mentor or a tutor or something in the community wow. or managing something, or um, so we rely on a lot of that goodwill, I guess, mm. um, and then. Uh, other ones will just want to be involved in whatever community that we have and just giving back and um, they come and volunteer so at it just comes full stuff. circle yeah well yeah. I try to make it as yeah. full circle as, because once people get into medical school they're kind of just like I don't even care anymore like, they're just like that life is behind me and they're just moving forward yeah um, but the thing is because of that nothing is changing it's mm. just you know the people that are in control of what that feels like and what that looks like ends up being big corporations that just have have a, a financial incentive to creating a certain culture yeah and so as a result of that the people that are actually in the medical school that people will ask where you know who should i get help from uh-huh. you know that they, they get their advice from them and they look up to they're not really invested anymore in actually changing how it was before because their mindset is just like okay that's thank god that's over I'm just yeah yeah i'm leaving on. that in the past yeah and, whereas and i'm forward. trying to make it a bit more close together and full circle yeah yeah Great. Um, which seems to be working okay. You're taking students at what age? At what age can they contact you? And what is the process? Like, uh, do, do they just call you up, email, and just say, hey, I want to be part of your organization? Are there fees associated with it? How, do, how does it all work? Yeah, so <clears throat> anyone can really contact, and if everyone contacts through every way, like LinkedIn, Facebook, people message me, message the page, my personal number, emails, like whatever it is, they'll just get in touch. and. Um, I'm always happy for people to talk to me about stuff. Usually, students won't start contacting until they're sort of year 12, year 13, if they're really into it. Mostly, what happens in high school is that these parents will start contacting me. Mm. And that's good and bad because, um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes these parents are a little bit too... Um, it's quite frustrating, I suppose, um, having gone through the pathway myself and knowing what it is like. And then these parents have a tiny sliver of understanding about what it is. Yeah. And they say, okay, based on what I know about this, this must be the life for my child. And then they kind of push that onto them and they're so right. narrowed into it that it's it's quite frustrating to talk to them and say like, well, that's quite unfortunate for your child, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, we'll get parents talking to me or, or students will, will contact me when they're in high school and ask for advice or what they can do. Um, there are fees for people that can afford to pay for it, but we yep. have a virtually unlimited level of scholarships and subsidization. So, at the moment, we're partnered with um, six schools within the county's Manukau DHP. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have these health science academies, and we're partnered with most of the schools there. And so students from there can access our services for free or almost free. Um, but that extends outwards. So any student from anywhere, um, if they have financial assistance needs, we'll just chuck them into a calculator, figure out what percentage we can give them off, and we'll just give it to them. So wow. um, at the moment, I think we give out more value of... Um, services for free or subsidized and any other organization in the medical pathway in, in New Zealand. So we'll do roughly $200,000 or more of just free services um, to students every year. Insane. That, that's, that's absolutely awesome. Um, what would help your organization grow? 
Um, or like $10 million. <laughs> Ray, can you write him a check? <laughs> She's um, free shout. <laughs> so I think, I think um, a big thing is that because there is a lot of misunderstanding and I think there, there is a, there is a, a misconception that um, tutoring or mentoring out of principle is almost ethically wrong because there is such a, a culture around exploiting students for it. And so what we try to do is actually fight against that, but um, it's not uh, so clear for some people that haven't actually engaged with us. Some people will sort of see us from a distance and sort of put us in the same blanket as everyone else. And actually, actually, that actually hinders our ability to kind of change the culture to one that, that's more collaborative and um, healthy and, and more supportive overall. So I guess what would help us is if that community really started engaging with us, because we constantly want to do things with existing students, with doctors that want to give back into the community and just funnel value into it as much as possible and really create that kind of support of helping people culture that the medical community should be. Yeah. Um, and and I think we're, we're in a good position to do that, but there's actual resistance from inside the medical community itself because of misconceptions around it generally not from people that have actually engaged with us before because they understand what we're about. Yeah, but yeah, people they get that it. haven't, you know, taken that step to engage with us or had a conversation with me to see what we're about and actually how we sort of do things. So, I mean, that's kind of a... Um, yeah. Educating the general people. Yeah, just having yeah. that awareness, I think. Yeah, inside. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But where does your, your passion come from? You know, you're incredibly uh, passionate um, about what you're doing and I, I can see there's some fight in you. You know, you, you, you want to sort of overcome and... Uh, so yeah. Does, that come, does it stem from childhood? Like, did you... Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, all personality is really a form of brainwashing if you really think about it. But um, <laughs> I think it, it, does, it. it does come from childhood. Um, and there's actually a funny story because people ask me this kind of question a lot. And I've thought about it for a long time. And here's the thing, right? My name is Justin. And I've always been fascinated with where words come from, which Justin comes from justice, which is actually um, Latin goddess. And so... The idea of fairness and justice has actually been something that I have thought about from like a really young age just because that was my name. And I theorize that that has kind of skewed my focus towards changing things that are not fair. And I just hate... Um, I think there's a big thing in New Zealand culture, it's like actually just human culture over, overall, but especially in New Zealand where it's kind of... Um, I think I heard this on like a Jono and Ben YouTube video or something, but <laughs> it's like um, too relaxed to care, but too uptight to talk about it. And I kind of hate when things are away just because it's always been the way. I don't think if something is wrong and it's possible to change it, then there's no reason not to change it mm. just because it's the way that it's always been. And that's so you're always asking why? Why is why is that like that? Yeah, and yeah. If, if there's no reason, if I feel that it's something that I actually am, I feel is valuable enough, and I can actually do something to change it, that I'm a, the right person for the job or near enough to it, then I think I might as well give it a go. Yeah, I suppose. And and I have like a, a controlling personality, so that works well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's 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 pretty much it. Yeah. Great stuff. Where is Foster Our Future in five years from now? Um, what does it look like? What, what does it feel like? It feels, uh, okay, fingers crossed, it feels very different um, to the way it is now. A lot more mature, a lot more established, a lot more able 
and in a better position to be dealing with some of the deeper issues that I set out to achieve five years ago, which was to create learner empowerment and truly long-term sustainable skills and personality development in students for you know, future success um, based on skills rather than just knowledge or information. And uh, do you think we'll end up as a result of this with um, healthier doctors? And I'm talking about the mind now. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. And this, you know, there's this thing with, um, you know, in sales where you qualify leads. Like you don't want to just talk to any random schmuck that has, sure. you know, whatever, whatever. And the, I think the same thing needs to happen for medicine is that we need to be qualifying our medical students. We, we shouldn't be having... Thousands of high school students that are like, yeah, I want to do medicine. When you ask them, okay, tell me in five sentences what the life of a doctor involves. And they're just like, uh, you help people and you like diagnose problems, you know? Like people have no idea what they're getting themselves into. They like sweat, blood tears their way through into medical school. And then they'll spend their $100,000 in six years minimum graduating medical school. They'll work into this job where they're doing like 60 to 80 hours a week. And then they'll have to study after work and they'll get into this training program and then after graduation, study for an additional seven to 10 years before they become a specialist and live this life that they thought they were gonna live 20 something years down the line. You know, it's just- Massive commitment. It's ridiculous to expect that 17, 18 year old who has just gone through the tutorial of life on how not to die can make the decision on what they wanna do for the rest of their life on a massive railroad commitment where the degree that you get out of it is useful for pretty much very little other than being a doctor. And there's you know, statistics saying that something like 40% of all physicians would not recommend medicine to their kids. And there's an old study that said that a third of all medical students would rather do a different degree. And it's kind of sad, really, if you think about the fact that a lot of these people are only in there because they've sunk so much into it already that they just... They're, they're too far along the track. They're too, too, too deep. deep in. They're yeah. too deep to pull out. So, too much skin in the game. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's kind of broken. I think we should have people that really genuinely want to do medicine should have good insight. They should have a balanced, informed decision that they can make about it as mm. best as possible. They should be able to go into it with the resources and the skills available to them, regardless of whichever background they're from. Some of the best doctors are going to come from the most impoverished um, personal sure. circumstances. They want to help, yeah. And uh, that should be a fair, equitable game. They should be able to go through that and go into a career that they hopefully will find fulfilling and maybe they won't, but at least they had a chance to figure that out before that. And anyone else that goes into it kind of romanticized about it, wanting to go off and do commerce or whatever it is instead, they should actually know that and just get out of there as soon as possible rather than getting generation after generation of all these already burnt out doctors before they've even started working. Um, wow. So yeah, that's that's something that I really feel is is pretty broken. Actually. Yeah, internationally yeah. is is actually the trend. Do you have a system uh, within Foster Our Future at the moment where you almost can vet students or say, hey, listen, do you want to know what it's really like? Do you have a system developed, or are you? Um, it's not really a system as such, but I push that. A okay. lot. I would say that there's. I would you talk be, to them personally yourself? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. We run seminars. Um, okay. And you know, during our interview, where we you know, prepare them for the interview, I do a big segment on um, what it's like to actually be a doctor, mm. and I just make it as honest and as factual as possible. And I say, like, these are the legitimate facts. And I think there's so much romanticization about the idea of being a doctor. You can tell someone, okay, like, imagine you're waking up 6 a.m. every single day, and you're getting home at like 8 p.m or 7 p.m. and you're gonna have to study until 10 p.m. you go to sleep and then you wake up and that's your job. Like you do that and then once a week you're working till 10 or 11 p.m. 
and then you work both weekends, 8 a.m. till 10.30 p.m. once every three weeks. And you do that for however many consecutive years. You sacrifice friends, hobbies, relationships for it. Like, you sacrifice your physical health for it. And they're like, yeah, 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 I want it. Like, I can do that. I want to do that. Like, you know, these are these students that, like, have worked hard for maybe a few years in high school. And they're like, yeah, yeah, when I work hard. But it's actually, no, that's, it's not fun. You know, no one says you should watch out for it because it was fun. Otherwise, they would say, yeah, you can really look forward to working hard and feeling really good about it. It's like, no, what actually happens is that you're going to be working hard and you may find fulfillment from it. But the working hard part itself, everyone would say, if I could just reduce that a little bit, like it would be good. Yeah. You know, so I think there's so much romanticization that it takes a lot to break through that bias that's already built in. Yeah. And so... I think it's rare for any student of ours to not know what it's really like to be a doctor. They, we, I'm proud to say that our students probably have the biggest conversion rate out of any other cohort of students trying to get into medical school, as in they'll go through halfway through the year and be like, you know what, I actually don't want to be a doctor, and they'll go do something else. And I'm like, that's a win. Yeah, because students will come up to Move me on. and they'll <clears throat> say for the first time, I'll talk to them at the beginning of the year, and they'll be like, I know I want to do this. I'm 100% sure I've wanted yeah. to do this for as long as I can remember. And it's like, okay, number one, if you've wanted to do this since you were like seven years old, how many things do you think you knew at seven years old? Like that probably means that your opinion is so closed in that it's even more dangerous. And then so it's I a say, red flag to you. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. I say, okay, explain yeah. your reason why you want to do this. And then they, they can think of, you know, whatever paltry amount of reasons that there are. Usually it's the same generic things, good at science, want to help people. What do you know about the career? Pretty much nothing. And then six months later, they'll come up to you and say, you know what, Justin, I've actually been thinking about it and I'm wondering like whether medicine really is right for me. And I'll be like, so close like you're so close to having a for the first time making an informed decision yeah. about your career and some of them will stick with it and they'll find something and that's great and i hope that they stick with it mm-hmm. and that 10 years down the line that's still something that really drives them and then maybe some of them they won't but i think it, it opens the door for the first time in a lot of the students yeah. and that's like one of the that's one of the light bulb moments. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, that's yeah. when the light comes on. That's when the light comes on. Um, how can uh, anyone that's uh, listening or, or, or watching this, um, how can they help your organization? You know, what sort of partners are you looking for to, uh, to I guess um, anyone that has, I guess anyone that has connections in the medical community, um, I guess, although I do have connections in the medical, you know, more people that are involved in the medical community, reaching out and saying, hey, I want to be involved in things. Um, there's so many ideas and things that I want to do for the community and there's so many ways that I want to grow it. And honestly, the limitation is manpower and money, right? For any yeah. startup organization. So, and we are really limited by manpower and money significantly, especially because we give so much our stuff away for free. Yeah, There's a lot of additional things that I would love. So um, anyone that um, is just willing to do something or work and feels that they've got a skill or a connection or something that could possibly or be can relevant. introduce you to someone yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, a, or a network okay. um, and, and we always and, say yeah and, and where can they get hold of you is it uh, foster our future yeah.co.nz yeah, or yeah probably yeah or um, our Facebook page or um, and, and that's foster our future or yeah foster our future so the the medical stuff that we do is yeah. through is run through a different brand it's the same okay. company but it's a different brand um, it's called JTT okay um, and if you just Google JTT well, if you just Google my name, actually, probably it'll, it'll come up. The contact will okay. come up, and I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. My contact details are pretty much everywhere. Okay, 
Great yeah. stuff. Uh, thank you for being part of the Authority Podcast. Thanks. Justice Warrior. Thank you for having me. <laughs> awesome. And if you haven't already, register on authority.co.nz, your business or your brand, and uh, we will catch you on the next episode. I came from the mud, desert on my hands. I hope you got some value from our conversation. If you haven't already, secure your free business profile listing on authority.co.nz. Run and run the law.